Iowa everywhere. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Success in farming is all about precision and efficiency. Ensuring every seed, every drop of water, every nutrient and treatment counts. TerraPlex Ag is helping farmers all over Iowa and the Midwest do just that. With precision ag drone technology and support from TerraPlex, you'll boost your productivity and make timely and informed decisions, all while reducing your costs and increasing your profits. It's time to revolutionize your farming. Harvest the benefits with TerraPlex Ag. Visit TerraPlexAg.com. Visit TerraplexAg.com. Gary Dolphin would sound so awesome doing that ad. Man. I'm Gary Dolphin for Terraplex Ag. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's a new episode of Making Mems on a beautiful Tuesday morning, February 6th. I turned 37 in 17 days. I am so old. 37. 37 and got the gray hairs coming out of the front of the hat here to prove it. And you never look prettier. Thank you. Thank you very much. I do hit the gym six days a week because I don't want to be wheelchair bound or die of diabetes when I'm 50. Fair enough. So there you have it. I am Adam <laughs> Pedersen, joined by the sublime Jordan mm-hmm. Bohannon. What was that one? Sublime. Sublime. Can you use that in, in a – actually, you did use it in a sentence, didn't you? Yes. Sublime means you're just – chef's kiss you're it's smooth it's just perfect it's beautiful the sunset tonight was sublime i like it there you go man how was your weekend what's been going on in the bohannon life same old same old. i'm pretty boring man nowadays it's only going to keep going as you get older i promise yeah like i liking some little consistency in my life yep it's been I haven't had it. As you know, I mean, you probably have a chaotic life compared to most people with your farming. So I guess yes, you probably times. say the same thing. At times, yes. Um, I'm going to touch on that here briefly when we get to the Ag Minute. But when you get older, you get like your routine going, consistency. The boarding is actually good because then you just – we're going to do the pod. We're going to do Iowa Everywhere stuff. you got other things going on. But you just – it allows you to, I feel like – put more effort into the things that you're wanting to make happen in your life. So boring is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, all right. So I have a couple thoughts here for us to get to in the intro. Uh, first of all, we are coming to you live from the channel seed studios. Great company that supports the pod. We love them. Great peeps. Check out channel seed. Um, two things for the ag minute. I need you to check out. Are you a TikTok guy? <sighs> I'm a big TikTok guy. Yeah, yes, but no. I I don't get on the app anymore. Surprisingly. Okay. I college I was. I was making TikTok videos. I actually did Yeah, I subscribed and followed your page. Yeah, I did some like oh, I'm forgetting the brand name. Uh 
Yeah, what's it called? Um, what's the sector? The gr- uh, grooming, men's grooming. Uh, Manscaped. Yeah, yeah, Manscaped. Oh, yeah, I'm a user. Yeah, Big Manscaped I, guy. I did a little uh, partnership thing on. Nice. Yeah. Back, back, way back in young Jordan. <laughs> I use their lawnmower. I use their nose trimmer. It's all, they're a good company. I like them. Yeah. Here, here's the thing though. Like I don't, I don't use the product though. Like <laughs> you can only, can only talk about it so much when you don't use it. I mean, I don't use it. <laughs> they should have me as a spokesman. I, yeah. I'd balloon their sales. It just so, doesn't like. I get like these hairs right here on my neck, yeah. mm-hmm. and I like to keep them like you know how my my beard's like not a beard, but it's like kind of right. And it's really hard to get this like not uh, like right there. You see that? I see that thing. Yeah, it's like it's hard to uh, get that to the spot I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? With yep. The um like electric razor, so I have to it's always gotta like, be razor cream. Yeah. Uh huh. And I get the best shave doing that, I feel like. Yep, same. Um, all right. So I asked because I've recently discovered horse hoof cleaning videos, and it is just straight mesmerizing. I love it. So my TikTok algorithm is literally food. Uh, people are going to think I'm weird. I'll admit it. I like the ASMR videos. <laughs> um, and then this horse hoof cleaning videos. It's literally a guy's page. All of his videos are is just him taking horseshoes off of horses, cleaning the hooves off, and reattaching the horseshoe. Mm. And to me, it is fascinating. It's relaxing. I love watching it. It's like art. It's so cool. What I've realized with TikTok, there's just a lot of weird people in the world. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of weird things that people do in the world. Yeah, there is. Oh, boy, is there ever. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you want to check that out, I think you should. It's really cool. Is it? Not for everyone. I, I've seen over there by Amish land, though. Do what? You kind of live over there in Amish territory by the Amana colonies and Kelowna and stuff. Amish? Or whatever they are. are is Amana colonies Amish? I don't know. I don't think Yeesh. I if love they them listen, all. no, they might be pissed if I'm wrong. Dude, I love the Manic Colonies. Great yep. golf course. Very, very, very underrated golf course in Manic Colonies. Oh, nice. If you're ever in the – like, I, it's probably a top – that's not probably. It's a top three golf course in Iowa. Well, well it looks like we're making a movie there this summer. It is. It is. It's actually really, really hard course, but it's hilly, really tough, long course. I'll let you carry the team. Yeah. But it's I'll one of those get... courses too, like because it's in a small town. Uh huh. Um, it's if you go in the summer. I mean, I guess you could say it's a good or bad thing for the course, but a lot of times it's not that busy. Like on the weekdays, you just go and there's tea times open nonstop. All right, that's what we're doing. Add it to the list of courses for the summer. You might need to bring a couple of golf balls though. So <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I'll bring, like, I'll bring like 10 to lose. <laughs> uh, part two of the Ag Minute I wanted to get to. By the way, Terraplex Ag, as you heard at the beginning of the episode, is a great sponsor of this podcast. We love them. Um, they feature drone technology. So if you're wanting to step up your game on your farm uh, as, you know, whether you want to apply foliar feeds late in the season via drone, 
get some good aerial shots, maybe put some cover crop on with a drone. You can do it all while you're probably, I'm assuming, running it with a controller, just standing out there at the edge of your field. It's amazing where technology is coming, how it's integrating itself into farming. So check out Terraplex Ag. If you are interested in that stuff, they would love to help you, and we would love to send you their way. So the Ag Minute, you spoke about chaos. I had a chaotic moment yesterday on the farm where I thought there could be a chance I die. Mm. So we have a medicine called Draxin. Very expensive, very powerful. We give it to animals when they're uh, to the cows when they're really sick. Um, not always, it's not always what they need, depending on the sickness. But yesterday I had a cow I had to give a shot to. I gave it Draxin. Well, the vet told me, I remember the first time I used it when it came on the market a few years ago, he told me. If you ever accidentally prick yourself or something with this and it gets in you, like go to the hospital immediately because it's potentially lethal to human beings. Okay. So I give this shot yesterday and I didn't prick myself or anything, but the syringe was really pressurized. And when I pulled it out of the cow after I gave it the shot and I pulled the syringe handle up a little bit, like some, there was a little bit of residue in there and it came out and got in my thumb. I just kind of wiped my hand off, didn't think anything of it. Well, like 10 minutes later, I'm scrolling through my phone. And I'm like leaving a like residue on my phone screen. I'm like, what is that? And I like feel, I like smell my thumb and it's like sticky. I'm like, you know, old gross farmer don't care about, you know, usually cleaning myself off with my mouth. I go and I lick my thumb off with this medicine on it. You licked it? (laughs) Yeah, I licked it off, like sucked it off to clean my thumb and wipe my thumb off and wipe my phone off. And then all of a sudden it hit me like five seconds later that it was the Draxin, the, the shot. And so... In a moment of panic, I drive from the farm I was at back to my parents' place with my with my mouth open, refusing to swallow, and like constantly spitting and drooling all over myself in my truck. I sprint into my parents' house, into their mudroom, and I flip on their sink, turn the hot water on. I put water in my mouth, and I pick up the soap dispenser, and I squirt soap into my mouth. <laughs> and I started swirching, like switch, swashing my mouth out with soapy hot water. A bunch of times to try to clean my mouth out and spit it out uh so hopefully it wouldn't get in my system and get me really sick or hurt me and it must have worked because here i am today feel great uh for a while my mouth the soap name was called chasing fireflies Mm -hmm. my mouth tasted like disgusting chasing fireflies soap but it's better than the alternative what made you think licking your thumb was the best option i just thought there's something gross on my thumb i got to get it off so i'll suck it off were you eating beforehand or oh i was on the farm doing chores so there's no food on those fingers previously no just lethal human medicine (laughs) that's crazy because if i I, licking your thumb not having food is is crazy (laughs) Uh, all my friends would tell me i should probably go to the hospital but i was like eh it's all good. It'll be good podcast podcast content if I live. Wow. So we're here. How did it taste? Horrible. Tastes like like burning rubber. And that soap tasted even worse, though. That's well, the first time in my life I've ever voluntarily put soap in my mouth. I always used to get soap in my mouth from my mom when I would say terrible things when I was a little kid. But voluntarily did it this time. Well, it's probably the, the medicine was out in the exposed to the air for a while, so you probably... My that's medical, awesome. my medical expertise there. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, that's. You must be right. I, I'm not gonna lie. Last night I was getting in my head a little. I was like, "Does my stomach feel weird? Is something happening here?" 
I think I was I was just in my head, but I'm good to go now. Uh, but for everyone out there, if you ever have to use Draxon, do not let it get in your system. It's a bad deal. Yeah. How much? Uh, how much are we talking for the medicine? Like what it costs, or how much yeah. I ingested? Oh, uh, if, like a fifty cc bottle is. Oh boy, it's expensive. It's like two hundred and sixty five bucks. This is a very like I gave a I gave a a shot to a cow yesterday that cost me about a hundred dollars just for that little shot. It's a it's a very expensive, but it works good. I'm assuming that you can you can write that off on as an expense yep. for the farm, right? Yep. I buy it from the vet and everything I buy from the vet is a tax expense, so just write that baby off. So that's well, the least, nice part about it at least. Yeah, at least you get some sort of deduction True. from that. Yeah. Because that is crazy so, expensive. Yep. I almost sent you a Snapchat explaining my ordeal yesterday, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait and share it on the podcast. Mm. That I don't know, dude. I I might have to get you checked into a mental hospital for <laughs> licking your thumb on... <laughs> on a farm? Yeah, well, after, after working with cattle? <laughs> well, I get it. Maybe if you're bleeding and you had a cut on your hand, you're licking your thumb, but a sticky, smelly medicine on your thumb i don't know that, that might be where i draw the line you could have just stopped it sticky smelly yeah <laughs> all the above oh man all right well the hawkeyes had some games did you hear i did hear um indiana was we talked about it on the last show and it was that night and boy oh boy it's it's kind of wild I'm assuming you've played the game of basketball before because a lot of things that you say are important are happening in these games. <laughs> it's almost surprise, like you know what you're talking about. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. You you said first four minutes of this game are going to be critical. Iowa comes out and just flat as can be to start the game. They got down big and they fought back, but geez, Louise, those I, the, they had to fight so hard to get back in the game that you're just gassed at the end. And if they can, if they could have just, I mean, that's a, I mean, they're ahead with whatever it was, 35, 40 seconds ago, still should have won, but they just had to spend so much energy fighting back. And uh, maybe, maybe I'm making more of it, but you said first four minutes is a key. We got to have it came out flat. Might've been what cost them the game. Yeah. I mean, you look at the score too, not to pat myself on the back too. I, Said it's gonna be one of those games in the high, you know, high sixties. Mm-hmm. Iowa had sixty-eight, Indiana got over to seventy-four. But you could just yep. tell it. I mean, it was it was bound. These games are bound to happen. They're gonna yeah. be just grind fest that you're gonna to have to try to figure out the last twelve minutes of the game and give give Iowa credit because they did they did yep. figure it out as McCaffrey teams are notorious to do. You know, they have bad starts sometimes, but they figure it out. Um, but you could tell, like, Payton, Tony, those guys were just gas at the end of the game that were playing all those minutes. Um, but, yeah, I get Payton credit. I mean, he had a hell of a shot at the end of the game. But yeah. um, there's uh, – I think there's some lack of execution that still occurred, even mm-hmm. though those big shots and big plays down to the, the end of the stretch of the Indiana game that it just can't happen from some of your leaders and some of the guys that – you know, if you want to win a game, you just can't make those kind of mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony and Peyton carried us. Uh, you, you said, you know, they should have 40 shots a game. Uh, 
Or did you say 30 and then maybe you tagged me on Twitter and said, let's make it 40 or something like that. Yeah, I, I changed it. I changed it to 40. <laughs> Dude, you might be right there. Like those two last few games put the team on their shoulders. And Tony, yeah, he's 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 going off. He's, his drives, his aggression is opening up shots. I even want to throw – I could even – I think we could throw Dicks in there as maybe like – Owen's going to have his games down low. He's not going to create a bunch offensively. He does have a sweet little, uh, uh, like pivot, uh, spin move. He does where he gets the guy behind him. Um, but other than that, he's going to have a lot of pick and roll points and stuff like that. But guys that are actually hitting shots, creating their own dicks, Peyton and Perkins, obviously those three, I, I really like what the three of them are doing here the last few games and moving forward. I think it's pretty obvious to see. The confidence is there. It's not leaving them at all. And it's just, I think it's going to stay pretty consistent. Obviously, you're going to have off nights. But I do like that Dix is getting in the, in the mix and getting 12 to 15 a game here recently with his shots. Yeah, I, I really like the combo with Dix and, and Perkins. I think they, they match really well together. Um, and I know we'll touch on the Ohio State game here in a second, but mm-hmm. um, I got to sneeze. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Oh. Make it happen. It's the worst thing ever when a sneeze doesn't come out. You can do it. Oh, it passed. That, that has to be one of the worst feelings ever. You should have ran to the window and looked at the sun. The sun will make you sneeze. Well, my whole computer just shut off too. <laughs> <laughs> that is a it's it's on the Mount Rushmore of bad feelings when a sneeze comes and goes away. Oh, it's a bummer. My apologies uh, for your for your misfortune. The worst part too is it doesn't like go, it just doesn't go away right away. It's nope, like, it's still there. It's there it tickles. But anyway, um, you mean to tell a joke or something while you work out the sneeze? <laughs> There's like some sick joke people would say, like say fish five times and put your tongue on the top of the roof of your mouth to sneeze. Really? Yeah, it was bullshit. Well, that's just silly. Huh? Yeah, start I don't off. know. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> Tony, yeah, Tony and Dix, I really like that combo because I think they add a lot of versatility for the backcourt that they desperately need because for Peyton to get open shots, they're going to have to have a guard to create shots mm-hmm. for him. You know, mm-hmm. Peyton's a great player, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to create a lot of um, open shots off the dribble for himself. Um, it's all going to be dribble handoffs and catch and shoots for Peyton um, for him to get in his rhythm. Um, but Tony really adds that spotlight. And the more the spotlight's on Tony, the less it's on Peyton. You know, it's pretty an yep. easy concept in basketball. You know, con- concept we always use when we had Luca and, and Wee's camp and um, Tyler Cook. You give the spotlight to someone else because, yes, they're going to be the player that's going to make all the um, what's going to happen. And it's going to open up a lot of open uh, shots for other guys on the court. Yep. I think the more Tony's able to do that, drive to the paint. I mean, Tony should be getting to the foul line five to six times a game with how, how um, powerful and strong he is to get to the basket. Mm-hmm. And he has, he has ability to get to the paint literally anytime he wants. He should have a foot in the paint every single possession. And I'm sure Coach McCaffrey's going to be the first one to say that. Same thing with Dix. I mean, Dix has ability. You know, he's long. He's athletic. Um, he's strong. He, he's very um, He's very careful with the ball. He's not going to turn the ball over much. Um, so they add a lot of great um, versatility for the team because they need that right now with not a lot of guys that are able to shoot the ball off the dribble. Tony right. is probably 
Dix has been able to do it so far this year. But other than Tony and, and Dix, there's really no one on the team this year that can take the ball off the dribble and, and shoot. No, um, get a shot off the dribble. Um, and the more they're able to do that, the more beneficial is going to be Payton because Payton should shoot seven to ten threes a game. I know people are going to say, "Well, he's going to have games of two of eleven or two of 12. I don't. I don't care. I'm. I'm. No. I'm going to play the numbers game where if you're a forty percent three point shooter, shoot the ball ten times to ten threes a game. You're going to, you know, over the long term, you're going to shoot forty percent. Yep, that's a pretty damn good percentage from behind the arc. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Um, Iowa had zero bench points against Indiana. That hurts. Uh, I guess if they're giving you a good, if they're giving the guys who are scoring a good spell, maybe I'm overthinking it some, but I imagine you want your bench guys to be able to get some points when they come in. But I guess if they're coming in and still with some of the starters, but what do you, what did you think of that? Is that, to me, I saw that and that was a little concerning, but maybe I'm overthinking it a bit. It's unacceptable. I mean, and I know the guys are doing everything they can to do, you know, create action off the bench, but you got, you got to get in the game and, and provide some sort of, you know, help to these guys, you know, Peyton, like I said, Peyton and Tony can shoot 40 times a game, but you know, over the long point of this, uh, of, of games, Adam, you you still have to have other guys that provide some sort of, Yep. The point production, you know, they can yep. shoot 40 times a game, shoot, let's say they shoot 40%, you know, you know, realistically that's 40 to what 55 points right there between the two. That's mm-hmm. still not at that 70, 80 point where Iowa normally is. And as, as you saw that with Indiana, I mean, they scored 68 points. You just get a couple more production off the bench here or there. You know, that's a huge difference in the game. Rather than being a six-point game, it's, you know, you're going towards a two- to four-point game just by yep. someone adding a basket in there. So, you know, it, it's crazy to think about when you look back on these scores. I mean, I still think it's insane. Now that I'm out of the game, how truly close basketball is, like, every single game. Like, you mm-hmm. are one possession away from having a huge difference in how the outcome of the game is. It, it really is true, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, it's crazy. Um I want to touch on rebounding and post play a little as we kind of transition into this because this goes with the Ohio State game too. Obviously, Iowa still struggling on rebounding. They have gotten out rebounded both those games, offensive board. Uh, thankfully, we've still been in them, won one of them. Uh, one thing I it looks like Iowa is struggling with a little, and maybe I'm have an irrational standard because guys' hands are always getting in there and stuff. But it looks like we're not grabbing rebounds with authority. And it's pissing me off because I want to see you go grab that ball and squeeze it so hard you're trying to pop it. Because Dix had that rebound at the end of the Indiana game, gets t- it gets knocked out of his hand, and so then he has to he tries to grab it going out of bounds and save it, and he gives it back to Indiana, and they get that huge dunk, and the crowd goes nuts, and that completely changed the momentum at the end of the game. And Owen's been getting some rebounds that are in only his hands and then a guy will come in and knock it out and they'll get it back oh my gosh it's driving me crazy and i just i just want to see him be more aggressive i think i mean that's part of the reason right there we're giving up so many offense it's probably two to three offense rebounds a game that we have in our hands that end up in their hands yeah that's a great point and on top of that i think there's two silly mistakes the team is doing excuse me um Mm -hmm. that is impacting 
a lot of the game i know little little details always add up it's not just one big issue obviously that one big issue can compound to make it even a huge issue for the season but i think the little things are the most important right now for this team um, because they don't have a lot of wiggle room and i think mm-hmm. you're exactly right a simple thing like that is so important because that you know that's two to four points a game right there by not grabbing an offensive re- uh not gra- getting a defensive rebound mm-hmm. um so we got to play the analytics analytics from that side of things but also i think we're doing a lot of we're, we're following in such silly oh my gosh this year yes. um, whether it's over in the back or found 94 feet from the basket or we're just not going straight up when we're in the arc you know how many times has owen fouled a, a big guy by just yep. coming over the top i know it doesn't seem like a foul and you know you can make your argument that it, it shouldn't be for how ticky tech it is but they're, very, that. they're calling that 100% every single game. I mean, that's a foul that's a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Like a hand check, that's that's a negotiable because every team hand checks still, depending on who you play, you know, Corny Green's not going to call that shit regardless of <laughs> who you're playing against. Um, and he had his we'll – we, we got to touch on that in the Chris Collins. Oh, yeah, Corny um, Green. But the that, that those are, those fouls are non-negotiable, Adam. Like you have to know the what is being called. Those, right. those fouls are not going to be argued. You have to go straight up in the air. And how many times have we put the big guy on the free throw line this year? And that has been a huge difference in a lot of these games by just having yeah. those extra points where just go straight up, make the guy finish over you. It's mad. Make him finish over you. That's all you have to do. If he makes a shot over you. We'll live with that at the end yep. of the day. You can't give them free points at the free throw line. Yep, agreed. And a lot of that, a lot of that happened in the Indiana game and uh, Ohio State game. Uh, moving to the Ohio State game, uh, Perk, Peyton, Dix, the big three yet again. Hawks were able to squeak out that victory and hold on there at the end. Uh, shout out to Patrick stepping up big at the free throw line in a critical moment. Um, after the game, they they interviewed him. I don't know if you saw this, and they asked if he was nervous or anything. He goes, he goes, no, I wasn't nervous. I was getting, I was getting a bunch more stats and points. Like I was happy. Like I like of that course, mentality. Of that he course, had. he says that. Yeah, of course. I like that mentality though, because it made me feel like he wasn't going up there nervous. And it's someone you can hopefully rely on to make some free throws at the end of the game, um, if we need it down the stretch here. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he's. He's kind of carving out a bit of a, a bit of a role as just a really good role player off the bench. I, I like his, his aggressiveness and he's playing a little bit better defense. So shout out to him, but those free throws, but yeah, I was able to pull it out, stay at five and six in the big 10 could so easily be seven and four. It's heartbreaking to think about, but still, still in the race, still hanging on. It is funny. You think about, Losing to Michigan, Indiana arguably should have won in our favor, yep. but I mean, Maryland those, at home, Maryland at home. Uh, um, what's the other one early in the season? Um, I'm trying to think here. Which one am I missing? It was uh, Rutgers. It was I think uh, we smoked Rutgers. I don't no, remember. We beat now. Rutgers at home. Nebraska? Did we play them? Yeah, we played Nebraska. We won. We beat Nebraska. <sighs> I don't remember who it it's was, not, but I mean, there's three games right there. That's that's a huge swing. <laughs> yeah, that's eight and three. You're talking eight, about if you eight, can close those games three out compared to which an is eight nuts and three. To think about. Yeah, eight and three. You're in the hunt of top 
Yeah. Top two. Uh, well, you're for like, sure getting a bye too in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. <sighs> Bummer. Um, I know you and I see this guy a little differently. Laggy, Dembele. <laughs> um, one thing I do like though when he comes in, he's he's one of those people that gets a little overly aggressive sometimes with some fouls. But uh Gary, I can't remember his first name, the big post player from Indiana. When he when Laggy came in and uh Owen was on the bench. Cricky, Cricky's struggling right now. We'll get to that. But Cricky, he has a he has a tough time holding his ground. Laggy came in and was starting to push Gary out like to the free throw line, and so that, that eliminated a lot of what he did down low. And that was part of the reason I think Iowa was able to come back in the game. Indiana wasn't getting such easy shots down low, and he did that to um, shoot that guy from Ohio State. He was Mister Ohio. Dylan was maybe his last name or something, but he was having a really good game. Laggy came in, started kind of pushing him out of the hoop, away from the hoop a little bit, so it uh, decreased his shot percentage. So I do like what he gives us there defensively when he comes in. Obviously, needs to get a little a little less physical. Sometimes I'm worried he's going to get a really bad flagrant foul at some point because he throws a little cheap shot here and there sometimes. But I know you and I see this man a little differently. I'm a big Laggy guy. If I was on the team, this is what I'll say to him. Okay. Your ass comes in the game. You foul the shit out of people. <laughs> That's one. No, I, I promise. This is what I would say. If I was, I love if I was, if I was still a captain on the team, this is what I'm telling him. Okay. You foul the shit out of people. You hustle your ass off. You rebound the ball. And you never shoot the ball. Those are my, those are my four. There we go. Those are the non-negotiables with him. Because the first three, he's going to do. Yeah. 100% of the time. He is going to foul the shit out of people. He's going <laughs> to hustle his ass off. Um, and he's going to rebound the ball. Mm-hmm. Those three. And those are things you need in a player that's a role play. You need players that come in and do that. However, we, I would, I'm not saying we, I got to, Adam, you got to. You played for him, for God's sakes. You can it's say not we. we anymore. It's not we. I'm yeah, not but you playing. actually played for him. Most I people know. who say that were just wannabes. <laughs> It's not we. I'm not a part of the team. All right, you're being but so hard on yourself. Those negotiable, like those are non-negotiables with him. Yeah. If he he should not shoot the ball. I'm so, I I don't, I don't know if people will take that the wrong way. I'm I'm just being a realistic. No, he's person. got some developing to do with the shot for sure. Yeah, that doesn't mean down he's the very road. Yeah, that does not mean in a, next year if he develops shots and he's able to become a scorer. That doesn't mean to not do that ever. I'm saying this right. year he do he does those four things only right. when he comes in the game. And he has a chance to be a phenomenal role player for Iowa. He yep. already is. He already is a phenomenal role player. If he throws that last part off, what he's already doing, he is, I think, someone that can play 10 to 20 minutes a game mm-hmm. consistently the rest of the year because they need a guy like that to come in and do those things. Yeah. Um, so I sent you a video like five days ago of your of that one team that you had that was like maybe my favorite Iowa team ever and it led me down a rabbit hole of watching some Nick Bear highlights and um I want to retract a little bit what I said about Laggy being like Thank a you. Nick Bear type <laughs> I watched I watched Nick's people forget how good he was yeah Nick, Nick was an assassin some games from three pulled up from NBA three dunks all sorts of crazy stuff I uh, I mean, Laggy, maybe he'll get there someday, but I, I think I was a little too excited the day that I said that on the pod. Nick was he was really freaking good. I'm going to say this. Of the teams I was a part of, I, I mean, 
I had some damn good teammates. Yeah, you were on some amazing teams. Then this is what pisses me off. Like, think about the guys that Fran has gotten in the program. Like, look mm-hmm. back in those years. How good are those? Well, that team that I sent you is you, Bear, Wieskamp, Moss, Luca, Cook, Connor, Nunji, I think, and Creener. Mm-hmm. What a team. That I'll, I'll make this that argument. Is nine solid players. I will make this argument to the day I die. I think that team had a way better chance, talent-wise, chemistry-wise, all the above, of going to the Final Four compared to mm-hmm. the team we when we lost to Oregon in the NCAA tournament. Sure. Because The only reason I say that is because nothing against Luka, but we were so Luka-dominated when we were playing in that mm-hmm. year with, mm-hmm. with um, and during COVID. Yep. Sure enough. Um, that He's year. Pretty in the dark. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> but that year, we had so many guys, dude, that were just ballers. Like, yep. So good. And I mean, you look at we, we we beat Cincinnati in the first round. We arguably, again, I know it's not. It's going to be another excuse. That Tennessee game ripped my heart out, dude. I mean, we're we're getting we're, we played against a Tennessee team. They're arguably they're probably one of the best teams talent wise in the whole NCAA tournament. And I mean, matchup wise, we did they not. They went match to the Elite up. Eight. Yeah, we did not match up good with them at all, like at yeah. all. Um, but I mean, we came back from twenty four against the top, arguably the oh, top oh, team man. in the country, and put into overtime. Yep. I was freaking out. I was at the farm watching that game with my parents, just yelling and losing my mind. And like, oh man, that was exciting. I remember Isaiah Moss was raining threes. You guys were making threes. Woo! That Fun is game. Bad ending. My- that is my favorite, my favorite play ever as a Hawkeye. It probably surprises some people. Mm-hmm. I uh, who missed a free throw? Oh, I think Isaiah missed a free throw, and we were what, we were down twenty six or whatever, mm-hmm. and we were just made this insane comeback to start the second half. I think there's like six minutes left in the in the second half. And Isaiah misses a free throw, and it's like a six-point game or four-point game. Missed his second free throw. Nicholas Bear hustles down on an offensive rebound, tosses it out to me in the left wing. Schofield's coming and closing out on me. Yep. He passes to me. I shoot a three that was like the highest arc three I've ever shot in my <laughs> life. It was all on that, and I, I just went ballistic. I was <laughs> – that, that was like the coolest feeling ever because like yeah. – we had the NCAA tournament environment, and anyone that's ever played an NCAA tournament, well, they, they can't explain this to people that ever ask. It's the coolest feeling ever because you have, like, teams from different regions there and their fans, mm-hmm. and they all pick and choose who they're deciding to root for. So it was, yeah, that, it's such a cool environment. It is. I have been, obviously, I went to the Sweet 16 2010 to watch you and I um, after they beat Kansas, and I can say it is... Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's just like walking around around the city before the games that day, hanging out and going to bars and stuff. Like all everyone in their team's colors walking around, all the fans. And yeah, then you get in the games and then it's just wild. I'll never forget when you and I came out, the whole, the whole freaking arena, except for the Michigan State fans, wanted to see you and I beat Michigan State. Everyone's on the Cinderella's back then. And I just remember that place was, oh my gosh, the roar that you and I got when they came out was bonkers but I couldn't yeah. get it done. 
Draymond Green put the freaking clamps on Ali Farouk Manesh, and it was game over. That was a hell of a game. Yeah, Draymond, gosh dang, that guy is good at defense. Yeah. Say what you want about him. He is an unbelievable defender. I remember going to my brother Jason played in Detroit against Steph Curry um, at Detroit Lions Stadium. And Sick. It was, yeah, it was. I mean, I got to watch some insane basketball. I mean, I, I, I sat front row for the Final Four game for Wisconsin, Kentucky. Like, amazing. Like Drake's walking by, Russell Wilson's walking by. I'm like, what is happening right now? Um, Dude, Steph watched, Curry. Yeah, that guy was, had an iconic March badness. Yeah, and that, that was a game he had like 42 on Wisconsin. Oh my gosh! And I remember he, there was a fast break on Davis and going to R. And I was front row on the left side of the court. I mean, it's just like a huge arena, obviously, because it's a football stadium. Um, but it's like all leveled at the front, so there's like it's hard to see. So I, I obviously had good seats because I was family. We were at like the front rows, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a little area for walkway, um, and then the court's risen a little bit. And I remember looking up and seeing um, there's a fast break on Davidson. Curry's sprinting on the left corner. My brother stopped the ball with the point guard coming to the paint. They kicked it out to um, – or no, Joe Kravinoff was stopping the ball. Mm-hmm. And they kicked it out to Curry in the corner, and it's like right in front of me. And I see my brother Jason sprinting down the left side of the corner to catch up with Curry because he saw he was about to get the ball and shoot a three in the corner. So Curry raised up. With a slight head fake, my brother oh, no. ran up in the air and went sprinting by because he was trying to get him off the three point line, run him off the three point line. Yeah, all, Curry was just, all Curry did was a little head fake, one dribble to the right and catch the three. And it was like he he was like looking back in the arena after he like oh. it. it was like the coolest. <laughs> Obviously, Dude. I hated it, but it was like the coolest thing ever. And that's like Curry's signature move. That yep. little head fake, and then he just takes one little drip, and he's got the quickest release. And so, I mean, tell Jason not to feel bad because Curry's done that a thousand times since then to people in the NBA. Yeah. I've definitely <laughs> seen the highs and lows of I – mean, I watched you and I lose my Texas brothers A&M. last year. Yeah, that was hard. It's my worst sports moment of all time probably, truly. But, the, but two days before, I watched Paul Jesperson yeah. hit a full quarter. <laughs> the to, ultimate high to the <laughs> ultimate low. Oh, it's so depressing. Uh, that's sports, baby. You love it in the good and the bad. You love sports. I, I honestly, I miss, this is a bold statement. I miss watching my brothers play mm-hmm. than I do playing. Really? Yeah. Just because it was such a cool, like anyone that has family members that are in sports and you see them excel at that level. Yeah. Obviously, you're really attached to them because it's your family, but something about watching them succeed at that level and mm-hmm. like cheering them on there, there's no better feeling ever yep obviously playing is one thing but i don't know dude like i really enjoy pride you have and stuff yeah like i enjoyed watching them rather than me playing yeah and i think you go on more of a ride it's more emotional and stuff because you it's out of your control and so you're screaming like crazy hoping good things happen and i mean i only played in high school and stuff but i feel like when you're in the game for some reason I don't know. The angst and stuff is less because you're, you have control and I don't know, maybe the laws losses still suck, but for some reason they feel like more hurtful as a fan than as a player. Yeah. Well, you kind of see, you don't, you don't really like see the little things when you're playing the game, right? Like you're just caught up in playing the game and you don't realize your family's there for 
hundreds of thousands of people watching you. Yep. You're just focused on the game. But yep. I don't know. When you're in the stands, you kind of see everything that ha- is happening. Yeah. Nope. I agree. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, the Hawks. That was fun. That was a fun little tangent. Those tangents are the best. Yeah. That's probably um, the best. <laughs> uh, Penn State, Thursday night. The Hawks play Penn State at Penn State. Uh, no gimmies. It's at the Bryce Jordan Center. The fans are going to be fired up. Penn State, not great record-wise, but they have actually some pretty good wins this season. So, you know, it's like it's not going to – I'm done assuming things. I'm done thinking, yep, this is going to be a dub for the Hawks. I need to get that mindset out. Uh, I don't know. I I like the matchup. I'll say that. But also, you never know what's going to happen. Um, my thoughts are <laughs> Bryce Jordan Center is one of the hardest places to play in the country. Really? Because there is no one that goes to the games. It is an arena <laughs> that is ginormous. Anyone that's ever been to Bryce Jordan is they will say the same thing. It is one of the most massive complexes you'll ever step into basketball-wise and just arena-wise as a whole. Sure. Penn State's a great place to travel. I always love going there, but I hate playing there because it is a very lethargic, lackadaisical arena because they normally don't fill up anything past the lower bowl. And it's Hmm. very dull, hard to win at. For whatever reason, teams have always historically struggled to win that yeah. because of that. So I, I would just say pump the brakes. Some people saying this is going to be easy win because the environment does not shape that, that out to be for any team that ever goes there. No, you're right. Like, let me see here. If they beat – who did they beat? They have a big win. They beat uh, – they beat Wisconsin. Yeah, they beat Wisconsin in the, at home. And they also – uh, beat they beat. I mean, Michigan is Michigan seems to have quit on Jawan Howard, but they beat Wisconsin at home. They beat Michigan at home. Uh, there's no, they're absolutely horrendous on the road, but there's no, there's no gimmies at the BJC. Uh, so hope the Hawks can pull it out. Rebounding wise, this is the rare game where Iowa averages more offensive and total rebounds than the team they're going to play. That bodes well for the Hawks. Hopefully that holds true. And, uh, Michigan or Penn State, though, is better. Iowa's down to, by the way, <clears throat> 6.7 made threes per game, 252nd in the country. That's a bummer. Uh, Penn State averages one more three a game. Iowa does shoot a better percentage, but, man, we need to get those. Maybe those threes will get up as Dix has been in the starting lineup more and Tony's cooking more. Maybe maybe we'll bring that up. But we've started shooting a lot less threes, a lot of mid-range jumpers. So maybe that contributes to it too. I know you. I know you love that. <laughs> Tony, just, Tony should be the only one that ever shoots mid range yeah. this season. 
Speaking of the mid-range jumper, then we'll move on to Iowa State and some national stuff. I, I'm trying to figure out what's happened to Cricky. Last three, four games, he's been a non-factor. He's kind of disappeared. I don't know if the Big Ten onslaught is like a like a a shocker to him compared to what I'm not saying the Valley is a slouch by any means, but it's not like playing a Big Ten post player night in and night out. So I don't know if he's getting worn down or what the deal is, but boy, he's getting backed into the post pretty easily. He's missing his shots. I mean, he's not scoring much the last couple weeks. He's kind of been a non-factor. I think a lot of people take for granted how hard it is to play in the Big Ten. Yeah. And he's a great player, but I feel like he's been beside himself because the things he got away with outside the conference play from shooting those mid-range jumpers, and he made a lot of them. Um, And going left a historical amount I think has caused a lot of big teams to big time mm-hmm. big 10 teams to see his tendencies um and I don't want this to take any thing away from him because he's a phenomenal player but I think he's gonna have to shake things up a little bit because they're realizing every time he goes into the paint he's going left he's going off his right short shoulder and going up with that left hook or going over to the left side of the basket I think they're realizing that 100%. Yep. And I also think a lot of teams are – they're not pressuring him mid-range, but they're giving him a little jabs at him when he gets the ball to make him hesitate and think about that shot. Sure. Where you saw him at, like, the Creighton game, he'd get the ball in the mid-range, he shoot it right away because he had that much space and there wasn't any, like, hesitation at him or jabs. So I, I see – I've been seeing a lot of the Big Ten teams doing that a lot, just second-guess him and – as a guy that, you know, has seen this firsthand guys that, you know, he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter because he's not, obviously you can't shoot the ball outside the three point line um, at a high clip. But when guys are great shooters and they have those little hesitations at them, at them for whatever reason, they seem to struggle a lot because they start second guessing themselves. It's weird. Like that little, that little action can just do so much for someone. Yeah. Well said, buddy. All right. Uh, Let's do an ad read here for DRF Sportsbook, and then we get to announce another winner of the Kane Brown contest. What do you got, like 10 minutes left, something like that? Yes, sir. All right. If you have to bounce, I can can finish up. Um, Why don't we do that? I'll bounce A20. I'll let you finish up. All right. I can talk some national landscape and stuff. But we're going to do this, get to Kane Brown, and then we're going to talk about Dartmouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. DRF Sportsbook, a brand new partner of Iowa Everywhere. We've been working with them for a couple weeks now. Locally owned Iowa Sportsbook. So if you're an Iowa person, let's let's get off the DraftKings and FanDuel and let's hop on over to DRF Sportsbook. And because they're an Iowa-based sportsbook, they have all sorts of cool like parlays and bets and like stuff put together for our Iowa athletes that are in the NFL and NBA and stuff like that. So those are fun ones. Um, also, if you go to, if you sign up now, you can go to ia.drf.com or download the DRF Sportsbook in the app store on your phone. And when you sign up, if you enter promo code Iowa 300, you will receive a 100% deposit match up to $300 Crazy, six hundred total dollars. If you want to go all three hundred, they're going to match it, and a fifty dollar bonus bet credit 
to deposit into your account when you sign up. If you use the code Iowa300, you can't beat it. They have also, I looked yesterday, or I looked this morning, they have an insane amount of Super Bowl props and packages put together. They've got like pre-packaged like uh, receiver, like two or three receivers or the quarterbacks. And so you can just like look through all the op- options they've already put together for you. And you don't even have to do any of the work. You just look through. They've already done the work for you. You can click on it. You can bet on the coin toss, all the random props that people love to do. Um, I still got to look through and see which ones I want to pick and lose money on because I never win. Uh, so check out DRF. Tons of Super Bowl options on there. And <coughs> excuse me. I'm choking. They're so awesome. I'm choking. And so many like Iowa athlete bets. So check them out. DRF Sportsbook. We appreciate their sponsorship. Woo. That was, that was an helpful. all-time ad read right there. <laughs> God put me on this beautiful green earth he created to be a hype man. It's what I, I do. Love it. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Let's do let's do this winter here. This winter here. <clears throat> what is going on with my throat? Kane Brown is coming to the Iowa Event Center. A proud partner of the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network is the Iowa Event Center. Kane Brown's coming here in April to put on a concert. It's called Love in the Air. So a bunch of people emailed us and said why they deserve to win free tickets by telling us why they're thankful for their partner. And Mr. Aiden, our lovely producer Aiden here, emailed me. And the winner is... This is hilarious. He did not give us a last name. So our winner is Joey. Plain he doesn't have a last name. He didn't give a last name, but luckily we are we're able to track him down still. So Aiden said, Joey, maybe you're the only Joey who, who signed up. But if there's multiple, the Joey who won, Aiden is going to contact you. So I hope there's like eight Joey's listening right now that are all excited, but now they all got to wait on pins and eat. Well, I guess. The ones who put their last name in, they know they're eliminated. But congratulations, Joey. Joey, what are we doing, brother? You're going in for a contest. You're not even listing your last name. Right? Come on, buddy. Oh, man. All right. Some new development. By the way, Iowa State at Texas tonight. I love Max Acemas. I think Texas gets the dub. He's one of my favorite guards in the country. I love that guy. He is a little rascal. Yeah, he is. So, all right. before He's a great ball player. He, uh, um... He was at because what is he? He's a senior, right? Oh, he, played, he played for the Bonnies. He played at Oral Roberts. Oh, no, Oral Bonnie. Roberts. That's right. Yeah, I won. Uh, uh, he won me some money when he went on his crazy run to the sweet to the Elite Eight. I think a few years ago. He he actually we played against each other. My soft. What was it? He had, he has to be there for five. This has to be his fifth year then, right? Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he used the COVID year. This might be his sixth year, honestly. Yeah, this is his sixth year then because I played – when I was a junior, we played against him. Yep. He, they came into Iowa. Um, I mean, they Oral were, Bob. Yeah, I mean, he was just a short little shit, but he was really, really damn yeah. good. He is. So good luck to the Cyclones. Uh, it's going to be tough. Iowa State doesn't defend the three-point line too well, and Texas can light it up, especially with Ace Miss. But uh, good luck to the clones there. All right, J-Bo, before you got to bounce – a new development has happened in the Ivy League where Dartmouth, they're now considered employees. Am I reading this right? Yes, no. We're uh, we're a pro. What happened? Simple, simple terms for the people that don't, haven't followed along. 
there's been a ruling that the the Dartmouth players are able to unionize as mm-hmm. athletes. So, you know, that obviously has employee complications with that. Right um, so that has allowed them to have that opportunity. I mean, not to get political with them. I don't care if you're left or right, but I think this is a huge step for college athletes because this will allow them the opportunity to get what they deserve. Um, I think it's this not is not going to mean they're employees right now. This just is going to open up a lot of doors, and that's all we're trying to do right now um, is open a lot of doors for these college athletes so they have the opportunity to get to the employee status. Um, and uni- being able to unionize, obviously, you got, anyone doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be needed to understand what that means as employee compli- uh, implications in that aspect. But mm-hmm. um, I think this is a huge step forward because, as we know, um, the players are very well, well underpaid for the revenue sports, dep- um, depending on the school, obviously. A lot of these players are really well underpaid, un- underpaid of what they bring in revenue-wise. The only mm-hmm. difference this is going to make is this is Ivy League, so this is all private schools. So I am not going to – I don't know exactly how this is going to roll in you know, the upper courts once this gets appealed, how they're going to see this as being from a private to public institution aspect. There also is – I know I'm going on a little tangent here, but there also good, is buddy. a ruling that is going to be – there's a, a court case that's going to be ruled on in California as well, too, for USC, UCLA and USC um, along the same lines, um, going along the employee um, realm in that aspect, too. So there's a lot, a lot of shit being thrown at the NCA, and you bet your ass they're spending every single waking dollar right now to lobby to U.S. Congress. <laughs> You've seen the, pre- the president of the NCA. He's been all over congress this year mm-hmm. on, on numerous occasions of lobbying against what is being what's happening right now behind the yep. doors and he's scared shitless and he has to be because this whole system that they create is about to blow up because of i mean like it or not i mean you can you can hate athletes starting getting paid and hate employee status but you like it or not what's happening is there's a monopoly there's a cartel and there's a, a huge issue for college athletes, athletes right now because they're well un, unrepresented and there's issues that they are being denied on that are simple rights for any other person that is producing a revenue producing or profit business and yeah. you like it or not adam I mean, it's legal i don't care who you are what you say what's happening yeah. with it's illegal and it has to be stopped perfect example i mean there's a court there's a supreme court ruling um for educational benefits for the ashton case two years ago which was a it was 9-0 and there's numerous um justices coming out and saying about the corruptness of the nca model so if anyone was following that two and a half years ago they're going to see that this these cases were going to get brought up here at some point because of what we just saw the supreme court rule on i mean it's pretty obvious what they're going to rule on if it gets to the supreme court unless i mean nca I can't imagine the the fees NCA is paying right now off yeah. the pockets of the players that are bringing the the the, the money oh, to yeah. these. I mean, it's just. I mean, yep. how criminal is that? They're not good. They're getting basically rewarded and reven- the revenue profit from these athletes, 
and they're going and using against them their the own money in Congress to yep. go against what they're produce like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Nope. And like always, they're they're not having to spend their own money. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so many things we could talk about. That makes me think of something I want to uh I want to talk about in the future with you. Maybe I'll give you a, a call tonight or tomorrow or something. We'll chat off the air about some ideas I have that I was thinking of while you were chatting. I like it. So, all right, you got a roll, buddy? Yes, sir. Finish it strong, brother. I'll finish it strong. Going to do a little natural landscape talk, then we'll bounce. Jordan has to go change the world in the financial sector. See you guys. All right, later, buddy. Bye. All right, we're going to finish with a little national landscape talk here as we roll out of here. It's been... If you're not watching college basketball, if you're not a fan, I implore you, let's get into college basketball. There's never been a better time than now. The parody is insane. <clears throat> so you go back to last week. You get Purdue. They escape Northwestern at home in Mackey Arena, where it's virtually impossible to win. Purdue almost beats them. We all know what happened with Chris Collins and Courtney Green, the epic ejection. Uh, by the way, national media, a little silent on that. Can't imagine what it would have been like if Fran would have done that. But that's beside the point. And then Northwestern, after that dogfight at Mackey, they lose at home to Minnesota, which is, it makes no sense. Purdue comes back with another huge win at Wisconsin, a game I for sure think Wisconsin's going to pull out in the Kohl Center with a potential one seed on the line in March. That's probably gone for them. I still love Wisconsin. Their athleticism is a little different than Wisconsin teams have passed. I think they're going to be really good in the postseason, and they play good defense. A.J. Store going to be a difference maker. Nebraska uh, in the Big Ten. We're talking Big Ten and Big 12 here before some national stuff. Nebraska remains virtually unbeatable at home and terrible on the road. <laughs> they're, just, they're just polar opposites. Uh, Michigan State. Don't sleep on Michigan State. I may have put in a couple wagers on Michigan State a couple weeks ago when the odds were in my favor because I do think that as Jaden Akins for Michigan State stays, keeps things cooking, gets more and more consistent as another option for them, and you got Hogard and you got Sissoko down low. I love their team. I do think that they are built for a classic Tom Izzo March run. Maybe they'll come in as like a seven seed and make a run, knock out the two seed, then they'll be the favorite on the bottom side of the bracket. Don't sleep on Michigan State. Uh, Kansas, huge win against Houston. At Houston, I mean, they won pretty convincingly, and that's, I mean, that's a massive win. A lot of people thought Houston was the best team in the country. Then last night at K-State, an absolute dogfight rivalry game. Jerome Tang's always just going nuts on the sideline. <laughs> There's the famous video of the Kansas City uh, or the Kansas State um, like team doctor or whatever has like the liquid he's spraying on the guy's jersey to get the blood off of a white jersey. I saw Doug Gottlieb uh, tweet that serial killers all over the country are going to be coming to K-State to try to figure out <laughs> what this substance is. Um, I did mention that I do think Oklahoma – will eventually drop out of the – when they were in the top 10, I thought talent-wise, this Big 12, I don't think they can quite hang at the top. I do think they're going to drop out of the top 25, and they did. Uh, a little pat on my back there. I still think they're good, and they might be one of my favorite teams tonight. I'm going to give you a little parlay that I love. UNC loses to Georgia Tech. Did not – I mean, what? 
Didn't see that coming. I was so wrong on the picks I gave out last week. They lose to Georgia Tech. Then they turn around and beat Duke. Still love UNC. They're my second favorite team behind UConn. UNC's veteran-laden awesome team. Love them to death. Uh, Kentucky can't be trusted. I have lost too much money on Kentucky. You cannot trust them. They lose at home to Florida, and they lose at home to Tennessee. I know Tennessee is good. Dalton Connect is amazing. He's one of my five favorite players in the country. You cannot lose at home to Florida and Tennessee if you're Kentucky. Kentucky standards, that's just unacceptable. I'm not – I do love Reed Shepard, though, son of Kentucky legend Jeff Shepard. I feel like he can be one of those guys who goes on a run in March where he's just burying threes and burying threes and has like 23s over a three-game stretch, and Kentucky makes the Elite Eight, so – they're on my can't-be-trusted list right now, but Reed Shepard could be a guy that ends up being a March legend. Uh, South Carolina, long overdue for them to be ranked. They entered the AP poll at 15 for a long time. I've been saying they're sneaky. Look out for South Carolina. They keep winning big games. Well, they're 15th now in the country. UConn obviously rolling. Marquette, a preseason Final Four team of mine that I love. It's slowly starting to get together, play good now. They're around the top 10 again. Do love Marquette. And my beloved UNI Panthers have hurt me too much lately. Blew a 10-point second-half lead at Drake and lost by 14, and then they got destroyed at home to Murray State at the Fighting Steve Proms. What are we doing? You and I, you, were, you had won 9 out of 10. You were rolling. <sighs> so that's a bummer. Man, if they win those two games, they are right there in contention to try to take the Valley. So that's my rundown on the national landscape. Uh, check out our friends at DRF Sportsbook. We love them. And here's my little parlay that you can think about tonight. I love Oklahoma at home. I think they're down. They're going to be a little desperate. They're going to play with a lot of tenacity. I like the minus one and a half at home against BYU. Porter Moser is going to have his team ready to rock. So throw them in the parlay. North Carolina minus seven and a half. I think it's a big win for them against Clemson. And let's go South Carolina. Money line. A lot of people think trap game. I think they win. And if you want to get crazy and increase your odds a little bit more, uh, St. Joe's, where are they at here? St. Joe's is plus two and a half at home to Dayton. Home court advantage this year in college basketball has been insane. So St. Joe's plus two and a half at home to Dayton. I'm not saying do it, but if you're looking to increase those odds a little bit with a dog, that might be your team. So do that at DRF Sportsbook. Check out all their Super Bowl specials uh, leading up to the big game. I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Go Chiefs. It's been an unbelievable run for us. I'm super excited. We're doing tomahawk chops. Hopefully the Chiefs can pull out a W. Big week ahead for Iowa and Iowa State, too. Just an unbelievable time of year. Check out DRF Sportsbook, Channel Seed Studios, Terraplex Ag, Iowa Event Center. We love them all. Appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next time on Making Mems. Iowa everywhere.